Hey guys, this is John and Austin and Brett, and this is another episode of the Meet Justics podcast. So obviously, we have a a special guest with us today, a very special guest. What were those VSEs? Very special episodes. This is the Walton's version of a VSE. Uh, we've got Brett in here today because one, he pays for everything, so we're happy to have him on whenever he wants but also no you asked me to come on i didn't like go in and say this hey i want to be on the podcast this week john that, Make that a was spot even for me that was even the tone of voice he used <laughs> i will be on your podcast now brett uh spent last week at amp uh so wanted to have him in to to talk a little bit about that what that was like um then we're going to talk about a few other things and we'll get to meet matters but let's get right into amp so brett first you want to give us a little for anyone who doesn't know, what is AMP? Uh, when you say AMP, you mean the American Association of Meat Processors Annual Convention. Um, this year, um, it's every every year in usually July, somewhere in the summer, June, July. And uh, this year, it was in Charleston, South Carolina. It moves around every year to a new location. Do you know when was the last time before this that it was on the East Coast? Uh, it was in Charleston 10 years ago. So that was, it was 10 years since it was uh-huh. last. Yeah. Since I've gone East coast, I've been to Buffalo. I've been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And then second time to Charleston. Um, that's about as far East. Yeah. First, the first two were no good. Charleston was good. The first time I didn't go this time, but I went last time. Wasn't Buffalo wasn't good. Buffalo was terrible. I don't know. I don't know what the convention was like, but uh, when we were on our way home, uh, the our 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 truck got broken into. Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. How many years ago was that? Twenty. Yeah, probably twenty years ago. All the kids were in high school or younger, and we yeah. The day after the convention was over, we were going on a tour of a submarine there in buffalo okay and right off downtown and we came out from it and somebody had broke out the side window in our expedition and uh had taken sandy's purse with credit cards and she had like social security cards and stuff like that in her because we were going to go across the border into canada at niagara falls so we had to then we couldn't get it fixed on a sunday in buffalo so we wound up um going to walmart or i think it was walmart and buying plastic and duct tape and the passenger front side window we put plastic over it and then that kept tearing so cole would sit there from for (laughs) this was halfway across the country we drove all the way back to st louis before we could get it fixed and he would like we'd drive and you'd hear this sound of wind coming through and he'd tear off another piece of duct tape and stick it up so eventually the whole window was was duct tape just so, duct tape yeah and i'm sure the people on the east coast then are watching this expedition go by with the candace license plate <laughs> one of those rednecks thinking, yep, hillbillies yep, yep hillbillies. i don't think people from new york think of kansans as rednecks i think hillbilly i think i'd rather be a redneck than a hillbilly yeah, either one. Nothing uh, wrong with it. I both fit for me. So that was a nice welcome to New York that they that they gave you, unfortunately. Yeah. And it wasn't great convention, wasn't great attended convention. So yeah. That wasn't it wasn't super memorable. So what was the attendance like at this year's? This year's, um we we don't have final numbers yet, um, but we had about two hundred and twenty. Um last I had heard, um, which was 
I guess that would have been Saturday morning. So some could have still checked in on uh, Saturday <clears throat> just for the one day. It goes from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so there's the way the way AMP works. There's there is uh, booth time, and then there is um, uh, lots of social events, lots of classes. Um, so there's stuff going on from eight in the morning until you know as late as you want it to be midnight, whatever. So what was did you attend any of the classes? So I got done and I, I was driving home uh, because I I drive the trailer with my truck with the trailer and all the equipment in it for our booth and everybody else flew out and so i drove to charleston which took a couple of days and i drove home which took a couple of days so so i'm driving home and it dawned on me i did not go to one class which is i always go to classes but just the way it worked out and i had enough other things going on because um i also there's many of our manufacturers there mm. that also um, have booths showing, you know, a bandsaw, for instance, one of our, because our, our vendor that makes our bandsaws for us, they have their own booth. So, uh, Excalibur seasoning that we sell, they had their own booth. So a lot of our manufacturers also are showing to our commercial customers. So the audience at AMP is basically, um, small, what they, what they'd call very small, the small to mid-sized meat processors. And it could be somebody that just makes jerky. They could be somebody who does slaughter and custom only. They could be somebody that just makes snack sticks, you know, along those lines. Or it could be just like a, a little butcher shop, you know, in a, even in a bigger city. But most of it's rural, you know, slaughterhouse uh, customers. So who's the average person who's walking the floor? Who's the average person like, that's walking the floor that that's coming into our booth? Attending. Okay, so they own their plant. Okay, it's typically a husband and a wife. Um, they are the owners. They're the decision makers. They're the ones that run their plant. They work in it, you know, every day. Um, and literally, for them to come to the amp convention, they're either a shutting their plant down or b doing very minimal work because they're not there to supervise it, and, oh. and they're a big piece of the workforce in their plant i thought you meant they were coming because they were shutting their plant down anyways and then why are they <laughs> no, going no. to amp no no they have to, they have to sh at least reduce greatly reduce the production in their plant for the days they're at amp sure um if somebody wants to attend do they have to be a member of amp yes okay so that's like yes. membership gets you yeah so you access. you can't get you can't just walk up and get into amp you've got to be a, a commercial meat processor Okay. Mm -hmm. Or obviously with a vendor who's. Or a vendor. Yeah. And there's, yeah, I don't know how many, I don't know how many booths there are. So our booth this year content, uh, consisted of actually 10, 10 by 10 booths. So it was 20 by 50. Um, and we had uh, a mixer grinder tandem set there, um, a bacon slicer, uh, a vacuum stuffer with a double clipper on it. Um a patty machine, um, different supplies, uh, different uh, displays of some of the different supplies that we have. I think there was a glove supply and our new uh, redone uh, brine pump. And yeah, I can't remember what else was there. How long did it take you to get the whole booth set up? Uh, it took us about a day. Okay. So about the same as it took with the old setup. Yeah, but there was less of us there this time. Okay, it didn't it didn't take as much muscle. Do you like the new booth? 
Well, yeah, it looked great. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know if we post any of those out there. Did you get any of those? No. Oh, you did? Even though I asked for them. Oh. Well, I'll send them to you. Sandy has them. Okay. We had a f- official photographer with us. There you go. That'd be my wife. <laughs> she drove with you? Halfway. <laughs> I picked her up in Nashville. Oh, okay. Got it. Along the road. She's there for Titans training camp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they do something else at AMP. And this was when a couple years ago, Patrick and I went and did some interviews with some people. But the the highlight of it was getting to to test some of the, well, not even just the winners, so, some of the sausages that people nah, brought. I so, liked annoying people with a microphone. That was the best part. <laughs> so, so that's one of the events, and it's and it's a big, a big part of, of the AMP convention is the American Cured Meat Championship. And so, is there a cooler or something? I keep looking around, but I don't see. That, so, they have. Um, yeah, I don't know how many. I've got a sheet here with, if I don't count, I don't know what there is. There's maybe uh, 25 categories uh, to compete in. And uh, so processors bring um, products that fit into these categories. And they get, th- there's rules for each category. So, like on, you know, a, a ham, it has to have, you know, a certain size there's lightweight ham there's heavyweight ham same in bacon so they're for certain size of product um it has to have you know some things have to have a casing on them some things have to have uh, a certain um you know whatever product in it so there's a wild game you know there's a wild game class so obviously that has to not have beef and pork in it um so it's a great build up to the ACMC awards. Um, I have helped in the room before. It's pretty awesome this year. Um, with the number of, uh, plants at the, at the, uh, convention was up. I mean, at 220 plants, that's as high as it's been. Uh, it might be the best attended convention in the 20 some years I've been going. It's really close in that range. Um, so it, the uh, uh, membership of AMP has been growing with the last couple years growth in our industry um, since COVID hit and more people are buying from small processors. Um, there's more small processors. And so a, a, a lot of the new people were there. Um, and obviously it's showing up in our entries because we had almost 600, 600 entries into the ACMC. So, but that's 600 products, not 600 processors, 600 products. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they do these in a big room and there's judges from all over the country. A lot of them are from universities. Uh, some of them are, um, processors themselves, but you can go in as a volunteer and help. And I've done it before where I was helping, uh, with judging hams and, um, the guy that I was working with uh, at the time was, uh, he's retired since, but he was at Penn State, was a, was a, uh, a doctor from Penn State. And, uh, we went through the hams and arranged them by color and then, you know, started, you know, smelling them and cutting them and tasting them and looking at the inside and looking at the outside. And you judge all these different classifications. I, I should bring a card in sometime and, and, and show you what, that is what how that how they get graded um so when it's all done 
Um, they do that on Friday. They judge all day long. And then Saturday morning at 730 in the morning, everybody shows up for the awards. They announce the winners. you got a, a, a champion. you got a reserve champion and a champion and a reserve grand champion and a grand champion. So you got four places in each class. Okay. And so as they go through and call everybody off and then hand out the plaques, and when everybody's done with that, uh, then you go into this room with 600 meat products in it and a knife on most years. But this year, the air conditioning system in the hotel was not working properly no. and it got up to 76 degrees in the room that they were judging and the average temperature was about 65 degrees for a day and a half that the products were out normally they keep that room 40s and they could not keep it so we got to taste nothing oh that is horrible 600 entries and we got to taste nothing Normally, you know, I don't eat breakfast that day. I'm not going to eat lunch. I'm taking my knife. We all have these little special sausage testing knives, which we actually sell those. But and you just walk around and there's a ham and you're like, well, let me carve off a chunk of that. And there's a snack stick. Well, let me cut off a bite of snack stick. And you go from one thing to the next. Um, and we were unable to. Were people at least allowed or like, were you able to judge it? Did the judging go through or did it get ruined before yeah, it no, got to that? No, the judging okay. was fine because they, okay. they, you know, they pull out of the coolers sat or Friday and they're judging then. Okay. So they're fine. But it when it's not till Saturday, 24 hours later, that gets a little nerve wracking. <sighs> yeah. Some yeah. of it, I'm sure, was fine. I'm sure there's plenty of jerky and snack sticks that were okay. But yeah, you probably don't want to eat 95% of that stuff that sat out that long. Yeah. And yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. Campbell, uh, Dr. Jonathan Campbell from uh, Penn State, he was saying, don't, please don't, don't, don't try any of it. So he goes, I know some of you guys are going to want to, but don't, you really shouldn't. So you, did you still get to walk around and look at everything? Well, you could, but what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting, like last year or the year it was in Oklahoma City, um, there was a couple that were like, got me thinking about different things there was a uh, blueberry and uh parmesan like snack stick so do you have a like the list of the winners there i have the list of the okay winners. all right so let's go over some winners so well i'll just throw out a few of them here okay. that i specifically picked out because these are customers before we do that when because i scheduled brett to be on the podcast before he left and then when he came back I was asking about this and, you know, I said, we're going to get to try some, right? And he kind of laughed and I'm like, oh, you didn't get any. And he said, I want it to be a surprise. I thought he wanted it to be a surprise whether he brought some or not. And I got to try it. No, that is terrible. Oh, man, that's yeah, so. I thought you should, we should, everybody should see your reaction live. How mad were people? Disappointed. Well, people weren't mad, but they were disappointed. The guys, yeah, see, I, I mean, all, all, all the Walton's guys, you know, there was what, uh, so six, seven, eight, there was eight of us guys in, in our booth and, and, and to tell you how busy it was, Austin's worked on before we had eight guys in a booth and most of the time, all eight of us were talking to somebody. It, our booth was just swamped all the time. It was fun. 
so, but I mean, if they were so busy, they didn't have a, a chance to step away for a meal. I mean, all other than Kurt, all those guys could stand and miss a meal. So they'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steven, I don't know. Eh, yeah. yeah, that's probably fair. That's so, probably fair. All right. Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't go and look, we all went back to the booth and pouted. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I actually had a question. I remember the year that we did go, there was like, apparently like a higher number of DQs for like simple stuff. Thank you. Was that on your radar? Like were they, oh, there's not scolded, but they go like, guys, now listen, the color casing matters. They made it, they made a huge stuff. point of it in that thing. Yeah. The meeting we had before that, was that something again? Oh, every year. Oh man, people get disqualified every year. Timers, maybe. I mean. no, yeah, people get disqualified every year. Now I don't remember in Oak City. Was it worse than? I don't remember. But sure. there's always, you know, they always talk about, hey, there's some disqualifications. You know, there's somebody who's like makes hot links and doesn't put them in a red casing. Yep, yep. You're like, hello, that's you got to put it in a yeah. red casing. Or you know, they say you got to have, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm making this up, but maybe it's like you got to have five um, equal length brats. And somebody brings four. Yeah. But well, you're DQ'd. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, and here's the bad thing is that there was a particular customer that several years ago brought in something and, and they, they asked somebody when they were checking in, should I, you know, pull a casing off of it or whatever? And, and, and they were told, yeah, probably. So they did. And if they DQ you, they still judge you. They still want you to know, well, that would have won grand champion and it might have won best of show. So they take all the grand champions. There's there are a couple of extra rewards they give out. So they they give the all the grand champions. Then they put they get the judges all together and they go. Here's all the grand champions laid out on a table, and you know kind of reminds you of that the the biblical verse. You know, laid it out on a sheet and said, "Eat." <laughs> no, so they they lay out these grand champions and then they figure out what's the best to show out of them. And they usually take some a few votes w between all the um, all the different judges to come up with what is the overall best product there. Uh, who was it that told them to take the casing off? Was it a judge? Because if it was a judge, that would make it no. It was one of the volunteers. Okay. Well, don't always just listen to whatever you're told, I guess. Read yeah. the rule book. Yeah. All right. So, um, and then the other award is uh, um, the, wow, totally escapes me. Um, not but Best of show is the best overall product, but then a processor gets the award for being the best overall. So, um, you get a, a point for grand champion and, you know, a point for reserve grand champion, whatever, or, you know, four for one, three for the other, whatever. And whoever gets the most amount of points, then they get the plaque for, you know, the best of the year. So, um, uh, a couple, uh, uh, just a few of the type, um, um, categories there are, uh, Andouille sausage, Dayton meat products in Malcolm, Iowa. Uh, Bill, uh, was there to get that bill Dayton, um, bacon heavyweight, our own right here outside of Wichita, Stroots Meats in nice. Kansas one. So if you uh, are from Wichita, you better be going to get some bacon from Stroots because that means they had the best bacon out of every small processor across the country. So, and I'll give a little plug there for Stroots. So James was there, one of the owners, and uh, he, he made it to it on time. They have, they have only competed three years. Uh, we've talked to him for years about taking their products to AMP. They, they do really well in the Kansas 
uh, competition. So all most states have their own competition to start with, and then you can move up also to the national. And so two years ago, they won Grand Champion Snack Stick in Oklahoma City, and last year in in Des Moines, they won Grand Champion Hot Link, and this year Grand Champion Heavyweight Bacon. So they're doing some pretty good stuff over there. Um, and you'll notice some of these names uh, appear again and again. And Country Bacon was uh, dry cured was Gennert Meatpacking in Holstein, Nebraska. Um, uh, Mark and Belinda up there made a great product there. And then you got ham, bone-in ham heavyweight, Dayton Meat Products, oh. bone-in ham lightweight, Eichmann's Processing in Seward, Illinois. And then uh, uh, boneless ham. It there's there's two there's a commercial and a traditional and the commercial was Barding's Country Smokehouse in Crabtree, Pennsylvania, and then Meat Snack Sticks uh, also uh, Barding's uh, Country Smokehouse also won that, and uh, then there's a semi-dried sausage um, that's cooked and non-fermented. So they, some of these classes get kind of specific, and that was Newhall Locker and Process in Newhall. Iowa, Dave up there uh, wins usually wins products every year. I mean, that would be mostly like what we make is a semi-dried, cooked, non-pH altered, like so, or doesn't have a culture. Right. If you right. were just doing a yeah yeah, just a cooked sausage, uh, small diameter hot link, uh, Walkie Brothers out of uh, Oklahoma won that. And then there's stuff like uh, uh, I put this one down. Specialty game meats uh, was a reindeer cotto salami, and that was Tommy G's in Fairbanks, Alaska. Nice. And and they are customers. Cool. Came up and talked to him for a while. So uh, interesting thing. They're in Fairbanks, so we ship their stuff to a consolidator up in like Seattle, and then it goes you know up to them from there. Um. But a reindeer caught a salami. I would have definitely tasted that yeah. if we could have. Um, Cotto salami is great with wild game. And there's always there's always the int- other interesting ones, some of the specialty stuff. And they didn't put on this list, this original list, what some of these are. But um, yeah, then there was a the the twenty the twenty twenty three featured class. So every Every convention, there's a new class uh, that is just a one-time class or maybe just reappears every once in a while. So a different – and this was a specialty loaf product, and Newhall Locker and Processing uh, won that. And there again, it was a loaf product. I don't know what it was because Oh, it doesn't say like it was like an olive loaf or something? No. cheese or something? Yeah, so I wish I, wish I could have tasted it. Is sauce, however you say it, like the head cheese-like product – Seuss, what is that? What am I thinking of? Yeah, sauce. 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 Um, would that be considered a loaf product? Do you know? I don't know that it would be. I, I don't know. No. Do you know what it would be under? I mean, sometimes it's spreadable, almost like a Thuringer or something. Yeah, I don't so, know. Okay. I don't know, but along those lines, though, I will say so. Every year at the um, at the beginning of the show. So on Wednesday night, before the show opens on Thursday, on Wednesday night, they have the president's reception. So whoever's the president that year, um, they bring a great spread of meat products and then everybody. So 
I don't know, seven, 800 people, whatever, are in a big room and there's all these products that whoever's president makes and brings. And it, and it was Deweeg Meats, uh, Darla, uh, was the, the president this last year. And so, um, their plant, um, and their plant wins lots of awards, Deweeg Meats. And, uh, they had a Braunschweiger that was, oh my gosh. I just want to sit there and eat slices of Braunschweiger. It was so good. Do you like Braunschweiger, John? Sometimes. Um, I go back and forth on when I like liver and when I don't. Yeah. Um, recently, in the last year or so, somebody on Meatgistics said, take uh, liver, coat it in chicken on the run, and pan fry it, and it's amazing. And I've done it probably five times now. About, well, probably three of those times I've loved it. Two of the times I've taken a single bite and been like, nah, I'm not eating this. My dogs have, yeah. have finished it up for me. So I don't know if that's just a taste bud thing or if I'm doing something wrong. Well, she, they also had a, a, a kind of a, a liver sausage, just, I mean, they called it liver sausage. And I don't know it was different about it. it looked a lot different. It was not near as good as that Braunschweiger was. Yeah, but you're a well-known Braunschweiger lover. Yeah. Like I well, did, I said Thuringer instead of saying Braunschweiger just in case... I was wrong somewhere. I didn't want to upset you. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things that growing up you had to eat hey. because it was what we had. Yeah. Well, there you go. My- when, when I grew up, there wasn't things like, well, Brett's kind of picky, so yeah. we'll get him a hot dog that he can eat. It was like, no, you will eat this and you'll sit there until it's gone. So I don't know. Lots but we used changed. to like, you know, it, it was it was a combo sandwich we used to eat a lot of. It was like half Miracle Whip. And half Braunschweiger <laughs> at the equal proportions. That doesn't sound good. Chubby little kid. That doesn't sound good. Oh my gosh, miracle. good though. First of all, Miracle Whip on nothing. I do not like Miracle Whip at all. Really, I like mayo if I'm doing anything. Yeah. Okay. The only thing it's good on is like a fresh turkey sandwich. You see, and again, That's I want it. mayo. Roast well, beef I'd and turkey sandwiches mayo, are the only things I want to put mayo on. It's edible. On. Out of all the, how many times have you actually judged stuff? So I've never judged. Oh, you never judged at, at AMP. I've oh, never okay. Judged. No. Okay. Has Kurt? I don't think Kurt's judged at AMP. Kurt's judged at state shows. Okay. I've judged at uh, Worst Fest. Okay. When you judged there, was there ever a time you're like, "I'm not eating that"? Yes. Okay. Braunschweiger. Was it really? Yes. I what cut, happened? I, I cut oh, into yeah. it. I was I was judging with Mario Fantasmo from uh, uh, Paradise Locker in in Missouri. And and we cut into this Braunschweiger and the insides that like there was a section in the middle of it that ran out. It was liquid, and I, I got Mike Sloan over there who who runs uh, the the worst house in uh, wherever that is Herman Missouri Herman Missouri. Thank you. And uh, I'm like Mike. Do I have to try this? And he goes, no, I wouldn't if I was you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. But that was disappointing. But otherwise, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. We, they're like, okay, you know, they're, they're like handing out who's going to judge what. And they're like, uh, you know, Mario and Brett get Braunschweiger. And we're like, yes, that's awesome. Do you have to take a class to be able to judge those things? No, they pretty much they just tell you anybody. No. Yes. <laughs> So wait, yes, you do have to take no, a class. No, you don't have to take okay. a class. But they choose I mean, they them. They ask like me to, so I, people. But you know the industry. I mean, yeah, that's the type of classing where like uh, swirling inside the sausage will be a negative point, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So how does swirling happen? Like how would something like, how would a when defect you, like that? When you're putting it on your horn. Too much or yeah. not enough pressure holding the casing on as the meat's coming out and the casing's coming with it. If you, if you don't have the right amount of pressure, uh -huh. it'll sit there and swirl or backfill. Right. So you ever had it where you've got your casing on there and the horn's way out there in your casing and it fills back. I along. have had that. Yeah. It fills back along the horn. Yeah. That's, gets that's swirling. what it's okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, I never wanted to judge at the state shows. Kurt's done it. I think maybe Dylan's done it. Um, but I, I never wanted to do it because I didn't want to make some a customer mad. I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a little bit of a, a weird position to put yeah. you in. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Kurt's done it and yeah, he's made some people mad, but I guess they got over it. If anyone ever is actually mad at Kurt, it's their own fault because it's almost impossible for oh, like that's Kurt not to make someone at all. make someone mad and stay mad. He's just he's one of those people that's like, very nice. He can jack around with somebody and and give them a really hard time and they'll just still think he's their best friend. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Obviously, it's great that Strutz went and they did well, but I, I do have a question. Like, Strutz is state inspected, right? Yes. So, what is their benefit to going to AMP and showing that off? Oh, as soon as they get back, they get a hold of their local paper and Co stuff. They yep. put it on their social media. Hey, we just won Grand Champion that Bacon. Makes sense. They get you mentioned know. on the Meat Logistics podcast. Yeah, come in and come in. Yeah, all, I mean, all, all these folks. Uh, and, and I don't know. If you can see that, you might be able to see it on AMP's website. I mean, I wouldn't look today, but, you know, in a month or so, look and see, will it show um, on AMP's website um, who the winners were? Because, I mean, a lot of these people you can order from. Um, so as the people are listening out there and they want to try, hey, I'd like to try whoever made the Grand Champion Hot Link this year. And they call down to, you know, Walkies and Claremore and say, I want to buy a few bags or packages of that. How many, like, what's the percentage of people who are just state inspected, who are just full uh, custom? I now, don't know. But it's very rare would be, like, full USDA inspected ship everywhere, right? No, I wouldn't say that'd be rare. As it wouldn't be rare. Okay. Uh -uh. Huh. So, it really, AMP really is a uh, conglomeration of all sorts of different type of processors. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people there that have, you know... Less than five employees, and there's people there with, well, hundred more employees. Okay. Um, yeah, there's. I don't know. People that I know are there. You know, maybe 150 employees. So. Now, when we went, uh, one of the things that we found, or I found interesting, and not just at AMP, at a bunch of other events. Um, there's so much crosstalk that goes on between plant managers mm -hmm. about how to deal with things, everything from employee issues to cleaning to product selection, all of that. Um, on a, that's kind of on a smaller scale and where I've seen it, but what do you think causes that? Do you think it's one of those things where you, you realize that that other person is also in this very rarefied uh, position, right? They're owners of small meat plants. Mm -hmm. So they're just wanting to help each other out. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of them don't see the others as competition because they're in the next state over or whatever. And yeah, I mean, you can buy online from a lot of them anymore, but that's still, you know, it's still a, a somewhat local market. So they're not too worried. But, you know, I also know there's there's people out there who share a lot of what they did to make a great product. But they might leave that one thing out that makes it just that much different. You know, they'll help you up to almost crossing the line, almost crossing the finish line. And then you got to figure some out on your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to talk about at AMP? Did anything happen that you want to point out? Uh, yeah, I can't I can't think of anything. Just that, you know, that is great. Great to see the industry do doing well, and um, hopefully we'll continue to see that um, growth as the small process as the consumer decides they want to know where their meat's coming from and and find their local processor and and help these guys grow because there's a lot of new uh, plants in the country and they're still building them. There's a lot of new plants still still being built, and so. There's a great opportunity uh, for people to buy good, really good products. Okay. Um, because this came up earlier today, and I didn't have the exact number, uh, my memory, obviously a little shady, I've been here nine years now, and I think I remember like four years ago you saying that we've had 10 years at that point, 10 years of continuous growth. Uh, last year was 20, 21, 21 years, I think. Yeah. So it must've been right away. You were telling me it was 10 years. Maybe. So uh, we're at yeah. 21 years of continuous growth. Yep. We've sold more each year for 21 years in a row. I remember at the beginning of last year saying, obviously I don't mean this to be like negative towards myself, but not that anyone listened to me about it. But I remember saying, I'm like, if we're within like 5% of what 2021 was, because 2021, okay. I was like, I would consider that a success. And we still yeah. beat that. Yeah. So 21 was the year that, yeah, a lot of new plants came online. There was a lot more equipment sold that year. And, and, uh, but we've still been able to continue to grow because a lot of those new plants coming online that bought a lot of equipment, that's a lot of, you know, big sales up front but they're coming online and then they're using a lot of supplies and seasonings and casings and you know packaging stuff and all those kind of things that that we're supplying them with now so that allows sales to continue to grow and how much uh, attention do you pay to like what different line is doing in that you're like supplies one or how supplies did this year to last year's packaging did oh, this year to last oh, year yeah. a lot oh yeah so I don't know if you just mentioned it at the right time for Patrick and us, but your big four thing like stuck in our head. Anytime we're doing anything, we're like, okay, what do we want to do? We're like, all right, we should do the big four. Mm -hmm. So um, has that always been something for Walton's? Is that's what we want to do? Our supplies, seasoning, packaging, and casings? Um, so nice. Those better be the big four because that's what we think they are. That's our compass. What are you putting in as supplies? Seasonings, casings, packaging. Equipment. Oh. Packaging and supplies, I guess, were synonymous with one another. Yeah. I was sitting there going, well, one of those is wrong. because That's the sometimes why. It's equipment. Okay. 
So we'll 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 look at some of the stuff we've done, whether we've been doing that right or not. Okay. Equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. we've definitely so, done equipment, of course. For 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 a long time. That's I don't know. Kurt and I Kurt or I one or the other came up with it, but we probably all say it was me. Um, just because <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. To try to get that. So Okay. Yeah, that was uh, speaking of Kurt, that was one of the funnest times. Uh we we had Kurt and I were visiting with a a, a young couple from actually are from Oklahoma, I think. And I did not know them. Uh, and, Kurt, and I don't think Kurt did either. And we were talking to him doing mine and Kurt's normal thing. And I'm like, Oh, here in a second, I'm going to argue the other side. So I did. And we were like arguing back and forth and flipping between what side we were on that we've joked around that we do. Um, and this couple was egging us on. So it was <laughs> very entertaining. That's good. <laughs> you and Kurt together is always an interesting time. Um, okay, then if we're done with AMP stuff, a uh, couple well, other Hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt. I forgot to ask. You were in South Carolina. You've probably done a lot of traveling. Is there any good, like, local beers or food that you had uh, recently that uh, st- stuck out for you? Uh, no, not really, because uh, because I'm, you know, in the booth or talking to vendors or talking to customers the whole time. Yeah, you're really not doing any, any uh, uh, sightseeing. So we went to the beach with with you know six hundred other people. Um, there was they they rented a beach uh, house staying um, kind of venue, and and it was on the beach. Yeah, it was on the beach. As soon as you walked the two hundred and fifty yards through the sand from the building out to the water, yeah, um, which we did. How hot uh, was it? Uh, it was it was fairly hot. It wasn't it wasn't terrible though because that. You get some cool wind, you know, blowing off the water, so it uh, wasn't bad. You didn't go in though, right? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go in. I was, I was there working, so I'm talking to customers and stuff. I I did walk out there with my wife though. We walked out to the water and went. Yep, there it is. There's the ocean. <laughs> Turn around. Turn around Let's and walk back. back. Yep. Dangers in there. But, uh, so yeah. Other than that, uh, they did have a. Uh, uh, there at the, we, we ate a meal there that, you know, they're feeding 600 people, like I say, and they had, uh, shrimp. Skin. No, uh, yeah, whatever. Shrimp something. Yeah. And I don't shrimp really like shrimp. But How do you not like not shrimp? Because it's nasty. What do you mean it's nasty? All he's that a, kind he's of a red blooded American. You we don't eat seafood. Place, <laughs> You're both insane. Beef, Seafood's extremely American. Beef and pork. Tell that the bubble, I don't have a response to something that shrimp is rolling right. Off. Yeah, shrimp's I mean, amazing. If you're gonna venture out from beef and pork, okay, try some chicken occasionally. <laughs> Throw in some reindeer. No, I'll eat right. Yeah, I'll the guy eat fish. I eat fish, just not shrimp. You know, I don't like shrimp and crab and you know, lobster that kind of stuff. Scallops? No. Hmm. Call, Scallop potatoes? Call, you know what they call chicken, <laughs> chicken those tuna of the land. So, you know. <laughs> I like that. I don't know that they do, but I like it. Yeah. So, so I'm not a good one to give you any great tips oh. there, Patrick. Sorry. <laughs> I just, you know, you never Other know. Other than that, yeah. I'm kind of boring. I no, kind of. You stick to the same brew and all that? Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a local IPA that was good there. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, I can, but, I'm the worst with names. Myself. I had it. It was on tap, and I was, it was good. 
right yeah. on. I don't remember what it was. It was on tap and it was, yeah. Yeah. It was on tap. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a logo guy. It looks cool, man. It's an IPA. I'm like, and name bring it well, on. for sure. Bring yep. it on. A, a lot of those kind of, th- a lot of those events that we have, you know, you, you get your ticket ahead of time and with your, you know, ticket to get into the function, you get like two drink tickets. So my first thing is try to figure out how I'm going to get them away from my wife because I know she's not going to use them, and therefore <laughs> I'd hate for them to go to waste. Yeah. And then and then yeah, you just go up and go yeah, I that's on tap and it's an IPA. Here's my ticket. Sure. Yeah. Can't complain too much. So. All right. So a couple things going on here. Yep. Uh, first, the summer sale started today. So we've got between 15 and 33% off some Walton's branded products. You can go to waltons.com and right up at the top there, there is a big summer sale button or just click the shop now and you'll see uh, it's underneath sales. So we're going to run it from now through August. Uh, all of it is while supplies last. So if anything at any point starts getting tight on inventory and I don't think we're going to get replenishments in, in time, that'll come down real quick. So we're keeping a good eye on that just to prevent us from not having something for our uh, thanks Black Monday sale. Or i.e. Brett yelling at you. Or that happening for sure. Uh, Then obviously the 18th, exactly one month from today, we have the Walton's Bratfest. So this is our big annual... 19th, right? 19th? Did I say 18th? Yeah. Well, today is the 19th, so I don't know why I said 18th. August is 8th. I guess that's kind of how my brain works, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but it's an uh, event here at our headquarters. Uh, we have a ton of vendors coming, um, passing on outdoor mentors, BHA, Ducks Unlimited. Um, is Pheasants Forever coming? Yeah. Pheasants Forever uh, and, and a bunch of other. I'm sure I'm leaving ones out there. We also this year have some of our customers coming, not only to give out samples, but also to sell product directly too. So if you want to leave with some bratwurst, you can do that this year. We also have some customers who weren't able to make it here, but wanted to contribute. So they are sending some product in for us to sell. All of the proceeds from ticket sales, from that, from everything, all of it goes to the Wichita Air Capital Flyers and their Special Olympics team. So it is a great um, cause to fund if you're in the Wichita area, or if you just want to support them, you can buy a ticket, even if you can't make it at waltons.com. They are $15 this year, all year. We can mess around with $10 now and $12 then. No early words. That was too difficult. All right. Uh, then last thing, uh, I put it on the summer sale, uh, but we have the 20 pound electric stuffer still in stock and that is $150 off its current price. So if you were looking at an electric stuffer, now is absolutely the time to grab one. So they're at sale at waltons.com. Anything else we want to talk about before we get to meet matters? No. All right. We're at 345 already. So I'm going to suggest we skip that first one and we'll save it for next week because that's a bit of a longer, um, it's red. The, the title is red and processed meat in the context of health and the environment. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, so with a second beef plant, Walmart raises concerns about vertical integration in cattle markets. So Walmart's new Kansas plant will buy its beef from soon to be open Nebraska based meat packer called sustainable beef. Sustainable beef was the one where a bunch of ranchers got together and wanted to open their own processing plant. Uh, so I'm fairly shocked heard that, that story before. What's that? I've heard that story before. That they're gonna do that? No. 
You know how many times a group of ranchers get together to build their own processing plant? It happens a lot. But then do they actually go through with it? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm surprised that this is a bunch of ranchers who got together to do this to try to like steal back, or not steal back, to claw back some of the profits and then chose to sell the majority of their stuff to Walmart. Um, But by giving ranchers a stake in a in a packing plant and focusing on premium products, sustainable beef wants to generate better prices for its supplier and higher wages for its plant workers. Last year, Walmart acquired a minority stake in sustainable beef for an undisclosed sum and promised to buy most of the beef it produces. Sustainable beef's founding ranchers still believe their business model will improve the cattle industry for future generations. Others believe the opposite. Some ranchers argue that vertical or vertically integrating with America's largest and most powerful grocer will diminish competitive pricing for those outside the integrated supply chain and make producers within it vulnerable to Walmart squeeze. What do we think? You just take a drink and sit back and let the fireworks can begin. You, I, can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested in your guys' opinion on this than I am on my own. I know what I think. It's it's hard. I mean, it's just so hard to say what exactly will happen because, in 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 theory, uh, yeah, whatever they want to do is great, and it'll it'll be great for everybody involved if the market was free entirely. But the market's not free when you and we don't play with a free market entirely. It's hard to say. Okay, well, how's A going to affect things? How's B going to affect things? And so it becomes more of a guessing game. But uh my 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 first opinion would be if it's outside of the big four then it's a then it's a good thing yeah but walmart is the largest grocer in america but they're they might as well be one of the big four yeah but they control so much of the beef sold if they did and they all of their stuff was gone like outside of the current big four then we'd have a big five we'd increase competition it'd be great right uh yeah i don't know i mean you could say, yeah, then you got an extra you got an extra player in the game, but I also know how Walmart operates and how they how they squeeze their their vendors once once you get in with them and 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 but on the other hand, cattle are a commodity. So if they're not willing to bid enough, then they're not going to get them. Um, they're going to have to bid enough to get there. And if they're not, as long as they don't start negotiating with the other four, because that's what's some of the problem has been alleged anyway is that they the 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 four that are out there talk too much to each other oh no you you wouldn't that's say that's what's been alleged i don't think it's and, i think oh, it, it's been proven yeah they've, they've been had to pay fined over and over <laughs> numerous <laughs> times for so that. yeah so so will another one in the market maybe stop that from happening as much yeah i don't know but i i don't they do what they they do what they want and i'm i'm fine let's just keep working with the small processors and let, and helping them to grow and, and be competitive. Was it when Walton's began and wanted to focus mostly on the small processor, was that more because that's who you thought you could get business from? Or is that a conscious decision? Like these are the type of people we want to do business with, or is it a bit of both? No, it's a bit of both, but you know, I, in, 25 years ago, whatever, I had some dealings with the the big four Mm -hmm. and I didn't like it. And I went, I'm not even going to try that. I don't, I can go sell to small family run businesses. And just like you ask who walks around the AM convention, the owners of the company, and I get to deal with them instead of some corporate person. And yeah, that I didn't have to do the corporate stuff. So 
that became very intentional and wasn't a lot of what my grandpa did when he started mm-hmm. selling just the grinder plates and knives to at least the medium size to bigger processors. Mm-hmm. Most of what he was doing wasn't the very small to small guys. When he was when when whenever I got in the in the business with my dad and and we bought out the other little company, dad was selling grinder plates and knives to yeah some of those large packers, um, and some pet food manufacturers a big name um and eventually all that business went away because there again it was back to the corporate deal oh yeah we're we're selling hundreds of thousands of dollars to somebody and then you know they got fired or they quit and then a new person came in and then you're trying to figure out how you know how to keep the business and whereas the difference is where we sell to a small processor, um, we may be selling to the third generation that we've sold to since we're a third generation company. There's We have customers out there that we're now dealing with the third generation from where we started 27 years ago. Pretty awesome. Um, last comment that I have on this, at least, is <coughs> one of the sentences in there. It says sustainable beefs or no, I'm sorry. Uh, Walmart acquires the m- minority stake for an undisclosed sum and promise to buy most of the beef it produces. That doesn't say that the plant is promising to sell most of it. So maybe there's more wiggle room on the sustainable beefs side. If they had said, Hey, we'll sell you most of the beef that kind of locks them in. But if Walmart's just saying, yeah, we'll buy most of the beef. It still gives sustainable beef some wiggle room to be like, no, that's not enough. We're going to sell them to these people over here. So we'll see. Maybe follow that with some interest. Um, Topeka's Midwest Bison or sells Midwest Bison meat as alternative to beef. Doctors and cardiologists will tell you to stop eating beef. We're supposed to be eating bison, antelope, and chicken. Cows are for profit, not for health. I'm an organic person. I don't like big government or how the food industry has been monetized so that only five different businesses in the country control our meat supply. Now I've had bison in fairly recently, and it's good. But it's, it's no beef, right? Have you guys not had bison? No, yeah. I mean, it's good. But it's not as good as beef. I don't know. It's different. Yeah, different in like it almost tastes like beef, but it's just not quite as good, <laughs> right? Is that... Would, 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 would bison be higher in your book, though, if bison was the most commonly ate meat and it was commercialized and people focused on... C- raising and and having the best bison like what if is there a wagyu bison like maybe there's it's just not as big of a deal so it's i don't know i still think the people who raise the bison though pay attention obviously to like what it's eating to try to get the biggest carcass weight i don't it doesn't have much fat on it no matter how you do it um the one thing i always remember is when we went up to uh Patrick, what was the name of the plant that we actually walked through the slaughtering? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. It was in uh, Kansas. Um, I in cannot. Kansas or in Nebraska? You then you to go Nebraska. to Jesse's. Oh, we went to Nebraska. Then you go to yeah. Diller. Diller. Diller, thank yeah. you. And walking through and seeing just how much bigger a bison carcass is than oh, yeah. a beef carcass. Because it is shockingly, like, yeah. at least one and a half, if not twice the size. Yeah. They are enormous. So I remember being shocked by that. Um but this is saying you go to Colorado or Montana and there's bison everywhere. Kansas one ha- once had the densest population of bison in the world and you can't get bison. Um, so this is obviously a, a local the, Kansas the, guy. They're, yeah, they're just really hard 
to to raise they're really hard to raise because they're so big they're so destructive you it, you can't just throw up a five wire five wire barbed wire fence no. and call it good they just push it over there's a, a video of them trying to get a bull into a stall and it hits that door with such an unbelievable amount of force. I mean, on the video, you can practically feel it come through. Um, and also, I mean, they are carriers of bursillosis. Uh, I think it's bursillosis. And that sure. transfers to cattle pretty easy. I'm wondering if that's part of the reason it hasn't taken off in Kansas. We have so many beef herds here that they don't want bison carrying that to the cattle. I don't know. Oh. Next time you're up at Crables, walk back to the kill pens. Yeah. So at one time they were bringing in semi loads of, of Buffalo from the Dakota somewhere. And they were, they had some project they were doing where they would like, you know, cut primals up and just chunk them up and get slaughter them, chunk them up and they'd go out in combos, I think is how most of it was working, but they'd get semi loads in. So they built their kill pins for it. They've got the biggest, baddest kill pins. Uh, but you go to other processors who just have standard, you know, pipe fencing and stuff. And yeah, look, look around at it. And I mean, even Crables as heavy duty as it is. Oh, they Buffalo still bend it up. They just tear stuff up. It's crazy. I mean, that whole hump on their thing, that's all muscle. And they use that to ram. So, scary. All right. uh, Now, have either one of you ever heard of sugar steak? Sounds like a horrible idea. Uh, That's my thought, too. But hold on. Uh, Created at Bastion's Restaurant in Denver, sugar steak is easy enough to figure out. It's a cut of meat coated in a rub that's heavy on the white sugar. And some claim Montreal steak seasoning which is then seared over high heat to caramelize the exterior. It's important to note that Bastion's sugar steak is only served rare or medium rare, and it's only available on two cuts, strip and ribeye. While it's unknown exactly why it's the case, it's likely that the sugar steak beyond medium rare would result in an acidic burnt exterior. Also, New York strips and ribeyes have enough incumbent flavor to stand up to the sweet rub. But that's what's got us wondering what other cuts might work for sugar steak. So I've got strips from Crables defrosted in my fridge tonight. I am going to try a sugar steak Ugh. and I will report back on Why how it is. You're going to ruin it. I'll take pictures of it and everything. That's my thought. I think it's going to ruin it. Are you, are you like on all sides? Seems like it. Yeah. The one I saw said like four teaspoons or tablespoons of sugar yeah. per steak. And then you just rub it. I'm putting just ultimate like steak. Just jerky. Uh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that just doesn't but sound good. Like, jerky's got a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, but the jerky's delicious. This, like, what's the, the best that could happen here? I get a caramelized outside and mm-hmm. a sweet steak. I don't have a problem with that. I well, it's like, what if you got a little bit of barbecue sauce on your steak? On a steak? Just a little, like you've, uh, it's touched. Yeah, you yeah. go, oh, it's not bad. I guess I, that. Be a little sweet. I have it in my head that it will actually be bad. But yeah, barbecue sauce on it. I mean, it's not what I would think of what would be good, but it won't make it bad. 
Sure. It's just going to be weird. Well, do you have- when I was a kid, I was obsessed with A1 sauce, like oh, upset. People would buy it for me for Christmas. That's how much <laughs> I loved it. And I would put it on everything. And I remember the first time I had my mom's um, London broil without it. I was like, what have I been doing to steak all I'm like, it's so much better without it. What is wrong with me? So I put all steak seasonings aside. Uh, but you used to really like Excalibur used to make the ultimate steak sauce. What was it called? There used yeah. to be one of those sauces. Yeah. I was I not a fan of it. Oh, I thought you were. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Mally, maybe? I don't know. Uh, uh, so when I was a kid, I ate Heinz 57. Ketchup oh. on a steak? No. Heinz 57. Ketchup on a steak? No, that's Heinz 57. Is it? Heinz 57. It's not ketchup? No, it's no. a sauce. It's a steak it's a sauce. sauce. It's called Heinz 57. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like A1. It's like an orange Are you telling me every yeah. glass bottle yeah. of Heinz ketchup doesn't have that little medallion with a 57 on it? No. Um, different color. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong because I know what you're talking about with like the little ribbon. Yeah. The like white and maybe I've never seen green. that in my life. The yellow and blue. Uh, yeah. Sticker. That's not ketchup though. No, no, no. That's definitely no, not, ketchup. not ketchup. Okay. Ketchup. I'm sorry. What we were talking about is the glass bottle of Heinz, I believe has a little medallion right on the front of it that says 57. Yeah. So I thought that's what you were saying. Sorry. No. I've never seen that before. Really? So what, what is great branding is actually just a miss from John. <laughs> <laughs> so... Would you, how would you cook your steak on that? Are we talking medium rare? Are we talking well done? Like if you're back with that? Yeah. Oh, that's like when I was a kid and mom was cooking and there was only one way to cook a steak. Full. Yeah. (laughs) Full send. Oh, she used seasoning, salt and pepper. (laughs) You got both of them. She's not, she's, I know she's not listening today, so I'm good. I wish you were here for us. No, you got to get the, it says 57 varieties. Okay. But the one I was thinking of was the glass bottle. Um, oh, I wish you were here for the Wagyu we got from. Kratos. Oh, I was. Too, I wish I was. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have some I need to call because last week while I was gone, a very good friend of mine who actually is is that does some is somehow partnered in with the guy on some Wagyu has some steaks for me. Oh, excellent. Do you want to bring them here? We'll cook them and eat them together on the podcast. I'm going to do the same to you as you guys did to me. I'm going to tell you all about it and record it. Yeah. Somebody uh, here has a a Wagyu uh, picante steak. This is a new thing that everybody's doing. Um, So he's going to give it to us. We're going to cook it here, film it, and then we'll let everybody in his department and other people. So is a sweet steak desirable in your opinion? No. Because like, I'm only thinking like of Chinese food where it's like you have a sweet kind of sauce with a with right. the protein. Like I can't think of anything else. But I could say. be totally wrong. It could be absolutely yeah, delicious. Be so awesome. that's why I'm going to try it. So, yeah, the, maybe I'll go ahead and get that quarter, quarter of Wagyu. I think I can get it for like $5 a pan. Oh, so yeah, I no. I, yeah. I don't think you can. <laughs> Well, it depends on how much uh, yeah. if they you, like it. If you can get it for that, I'll, I'll buy two whole beef and <laughs> I'll go buy some new deep freezers to store it all. Oh, then we'll start selling it. No, I'm <clears> just <throat> going to save that for myself. Yeah. All right, so phytonutrients. No, you, you, you sell half of what you buy to pay for your habit. That's the way those work. If you get them for $5, yeah. you could sell way less than half of what you buy. Wahoo was, is uh, yeah. crazy sure. expensive right now. Um, so this is a, a study. Um, it's phytonutrients in meat and nutritional differences between grass-fed and grain-fed. We're really at the end of this podcast, though, so I'm just going to hit on a couple of things. Um, what they're talking about in here is basically they found that grass-fed beef in general 
has a three to one ratio over grain fed on omega uh, six and three fatty acids plus phytonutrients. Now we learned in middle school, maybe high school, why a cougar can eat nothing but prey and survive. Meanwhile, they always told us we had to, you know, have a, a balanced diet. And it, their answer was, well, it's food eats plants and vegetables, so they get nutrients from that. I don't know why it's taken us, I mean, this is apparently a new discovery, and it's why people trying the carnivore diet aren't just dying of malnutrition. Um, but there, there was that. So it's a three-to-one ratio. However, within grass-fed, there's an 11-fold variation in how much nutrients are actually in that. And his, uh, the, the main researcher's uh, response was, I can't stick my hand in that fire for it, but my gut feeling tells me that those animals were grain-fed and weren't truly grass-fed. So that's another thing with the whole uh, grass-fed. A lot of it is actually just grass-finished. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, it's the last week. Go eat grass. So it it's not, you know, it's not truly grass-fed beef. And it has me wondering, because Austin and I have both agreed that I don't prefer grass-fed beef. Well, all beef is grass-fed. Fair, but not grain-finished. Right. Right. But I, I prefer the grain-finished from a, a flavor mm -hmm. standpoint. Yep. But it does have me wondering, like, I, I obviously I really like venison. Every time I've got to try elk, I really liked elk. Um, Elk's very good. It has me wondering though, maybe the grass fed beef I've had was more grass finished and not like grass fed all the way through. I bet if it was grass, I bet it was grass all the way or at least pretty much all of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but there is a difference between that and grain finished. This sounds yeah, like another side-by-side side test we need to It does have. sound like another side-by-side side test. All beef has started out on grass, and it just depends on if they're finished in a, with grain. When did this become like a thing, like the grass and grain-fed thing? Like, 15 is it years? Like, oh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, has it always been a thing to like people that are you know in agriculture, though? Like they know that grass or grain is better oh, yeah. over the other? Okay. Oh, for so, sure. But, but as a talking point for us normies. Uh-huh. And people like wanting grass finished? It's a fad thing, right? Yes. Uh, I wouldn't know if it's a, it's a recent thing. Sure. Okay. Uh, Post-pandemic meat processing plants, survival of the fittest. So it's going through and it found uh, a bunch of things that processing plants could do to help them remain open. The average meat processing plant in the U.S. lasts 9.7 years. Uh, some are higher than others, obviously, since it's an average, but they found that Plants open near high population centers was a major reason for their success. Um, smaller plants that diversified into retail and wholesale meat markets were more likely to survive. Uh, large plant survival was mostly associated with workforce quality and quantity, availability of labor, and higher concentrations of local plants in non-metro areas. Uh, technical assistance might be needed to help smaller plants diversify into operating retail or wholesale meat markets, but the solution is not one size fits all. Uh, so that's similar to what we were talking uh, with the uh, Berkshire um, uh, Agriculture Project. Uh, workforce solutions such as safety investments. Safety is not important for employees. Uh, and then th this might be a, a little hot topic, but female operated rural plants have a higher failure rate. Suggestion they may, 
may or might need additional technical assistance. Now, the one the reason that that sticks out to me was when we went up to uh, Iowa State University. Was that last year? It was either last year or two years ago. I went with Steven and uh, Sindelar. We were in the processing room and we were just kind of looking. I'm like, all your students are women. I didn't say anything, but he, I think you could kind of tell I was kind of shocked by it. And he came up to us. He's like, these are the next plant managers. He's like, 80% or more of my students are female. It's like, this is who's getting into this industry. So just interesting. All right. And then the last story to keep the streak going, shark meat is a global pho- phenomenon, but not everyone knows they're eating it. Basically, you don't even need to click on... We, we've worked in sharks again somehow. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we will always work in sharks at the end when we can. Uh, basically, it's there's a ton of cuts out there being sold as swordfish, as skate, and as other things, but it's actually shark that you're eating because they catch so much shark as a byproduct. Better That's than throwing it away or just sell it as shark, be honest about it. Yeah, no People would probably pay a premium. I thought the story was going to be that they market swordfish as or shark as swordfish, whatever the shark being more expensive. So swordfish at least used to be. I don't know if it still is a very like highly sought, sought after. after yeah. yeah. Um, Taylor, who is our shipping manager, used to work at Dylan's on or at the meat center. That's wrong. Meat desk counter okay. counter. <laughs> there you go. That's the word I was looking for. But he said he had guys coming in look like bought shark every week. So, I mean, there are definitely people out there who want it. Interesting. Cool. Surprised you don't eat more of it just to feel like you're on top of the food chain. I just like to leave them alone and I will be left alone by them. We've had shark this year, didn't we? Yep. Right? Yeah, yep. So. That was this year we ate shark. It was delicious. Oh, we I deep was. Deep fried it. Um, didn't put it in range. Yeah, we did. <laughs> no, no, no ranch. <laughs> well, no, that would be, that'd be excessive. <laughs> Everything's good with ranch, right? Is that how we feel? <laughs> Don't we still have like some sort of weird exotic type fish we're we supposed do. to be eating? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was reminded. We're going to get to that on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because you saw them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got it in the freezer. We will be getting to that. So, all right. Anything else? Yeah. I, a couple of things I thought about on AMP go, jumping back. Um, uh, one of the things is uh, if there, I know we have some commercial processors that listen. Uh, to the podcast sometimes. And so if they're not a member of AMP, um, they should be. And um, they can call in and we'll give them the sign-up sheet or they can get it from AAMP.com. If they do that, whether it's from us or they get it straight from AMP, there's a spot on there that says sponsor. Make sure you put Walton's on there (laughs) because we don't get any monetary for it. But it's kind of a bragging right still for the suppliers on who gets the more who gets more members, and we were one short of one of somebody else. Somebody did, else beat us by one new member. Did they start What's counting that? us as one unit? Because they yes. used to count every salesman individually. They're and that counting was by companies silly. now. Okay, we had fourteen and somebody had fifteen, and and we are we are one of what they call legacy sponsors. So the top sponsorship. Uh, for the AMP convention, and we have been for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. So uh, we are very um, involved in it. Uh, currently, um, Dylan, uh, my son Austin's brother, is on the board of directors for AMP. So uh, we're very we're very active in the organization and try to um, 
always get new members. So if you do fill that form out, make sure you put Walton's on it so we get credit. All right. So the uh, only oh. other thing. Okay. I, I don't know. Did you talk about that no. with everybody? No. no, no, no. I thought you were going to. No. Okay. I was then busy. We have nothing for you. And <laughs> maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll have something else for commercial processors. Something, yeah, something to try, but we got to get everybody on board. So we'll be back with you on that one. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.